Yo everyone, welcome back to Brand New Techish. I'm Michael Bahane and I'm joined with the amazing Abadassi. Do you really think I'm amazing? I've kind of got used to just saying it. I don't, oh. know, how I don't know how true it actually Burn. is. <laughs> that is saying. actually like one of the good things about having a name that starts with A because there are so many positive words that start with A because you could be like the amazing ABBA, the awesome ABBA. What am I going to do with M? Average ABBA. Okay, let's not go there. <laughs> Magnificent I, Michael. Okay, okay. Marvelous. <laughs> the, the Malevolent. Trust oh. me, so don't get on my wrong side. <laughs> what was Anyways. that film? Maleficent. <laughs> yeah, that's dead. The Maleficent Michael. That, that was some dead film. Is that, is that like a Disney film? I think so. I'm sorry. Were you Disney, not in that? Disney, don't sue me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Let's get popping. Yeah, so an interesting tweet that I saw that kind of drummed up a bit of controversy in the timeline from uh, Sahil, who's the CEO of uh, Gumroad. We talked about him in a previous episode. He basically said... And I'll quote, being an early employee at a startup is almost always a terrible decision financially. It's great if you want to start your own company or if you want to learn a lot and grow. That's about it. Now, I'm going to let you take the floor like, <laughs> on this controversial hot take. How true do you feel that is? I feel like we've spoken about this on previous podcasts. Like the, the financial reward of joining an early startup um as an early employee mm. is like actually kind of low probability wise versus just like coming into a more established company where the risk is lower a bit later and like arguing for more equity or arguing for more salary because you know in addition to the fact that you're entering at a stage where there's no guarantee the company will succeed you're also entering at a stage where you're gonna get worked to the bone bone and i've done this you've done that i was employee number three at my last startup and you take as much risk as the founders in the sense that you're joining a company that you have no idea whether it's going to work and you exactly. basically have little to no equity i didn't have any equity really and truly um so i mean is there any point I don't think there is. If, if your decision making is purely financial, you're better off joining Facebook or Google. Oh gosh, yeah. You or I mean? any other job. Any other job, basically. Um, because if you care about yourself and your work-life balance. Right. But what I wanted to do, I wanted to learn how to be an entrepreneur. Okay. And I learned more in that one year yeah. than I ever did at business school or doing my computer science degree. You know what I mean? Like, it's an expensive way to learn it. No, it's not actually. I saw it as a way of, it's considerably cheaper than education. I saw it as, let me do this as an apprenticeship and work side by side by the CTO and then after the year is up, I'm ready. And I was, and that's how I started Pocket because I was I was trained up essentially under the CTO. I mean, they didn't realize that they thought I was there for a the long time. <laughs> but like, no shade to them, obviously I enjoyed my time there. But I always had the intention of, I want to be an entrepreneur and this is my apprenticeship. But ah. if you're trying to go there to be like, I'm going to get rich or I want to kind of, you know, it's not for that. How was your quality of life though? Um, surprisingly not bad. Really? Surprisingly not bad. The thing about me is that I'm a bad employee. Like I would roll up at like 10.30, but I would stay till like eight. So like I would I would uh. yeah like I would I would like roll up like as if I was an entrepreneur like in terms of like how I kind of like to sleep in but I don't mind working till late so my quality of life wasn't bad I wasn't worked to the bone if that makes any sense but I'm sure at different startups it's different do you know what I mean like um, I don't know have you ever had that actually what's the earliest stage you've joined a company that's a good question I not never really that early truthfully like. Mm. Uh, Groupon, I think, was already three years old mm. when I joined. Um, it was new in the London office, mm. but it was still already over fifty, around fifty employees, maybe even more. Right. So that would that would definitely be the earliest. And that was already a rocket ship as well. And you could tell. Yeah, that was growing so fast. I mean, 
I wouldn't advise it. I, I really wouldn't advise it. Like maybe if you like really trust the founder or you really know them or you really care in the mission. But I just think if you're trying to optimize for financial security and your own like mental health and well-being, that's certainly not the way to go. And, you know, uh, one of my old teammates, Andreas Klinger, who I follow on social media, he works at CoinList and AngelList. Mm. He was saying how like, you know, first time founders as well, like being early employee of a first time founder, you know, you're guaranteed to probably get burned out because founders don't have leadership skills yet. They don't have management training. They're just passionate about seeing an idea through to fruition and they're going to be really ruthless in how they try to turn that into reality and they're not really going to be caring about. And it's yeah, also like you. their first, sometimes it's like their first job as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, what does a 19 or 21 year old know about management or like people relations or whatever? So do you think though there is an argument to, if you want to go and get maximum responsibility as yeah. soon as possible, is a startup a good way of doing that? Like, let's say you like, I don't want to spend years in the trenches being like junior account manager. I yeah. want to go in and have a chance at being senior this or like, you know, in charge of a whole territory. Is there something, is that something a startup can provide because i've heard that argued i think it can definitely um but you just have to weigh out the risks like if you're trying to like learn all the skills you can to be a founder just be a founder there are so many people that are like oh especially underrepresented folks yo i'm like talking about myself in this you're a woman you're from a you know less financially privileged background you're a person of color it's not common that in your social circles people are just like founding businesses whatever i Mm. get it right you don't feel ready you want to do it but you feel like you need to just get a bit more experience first or like get you know into an early stage startup first look that feeling that you're never going to be ready is always going to be there Mm. because that isn't a feeling that comes from a lack of experience that's a feeling that comes from being an underrepresented person Mm. in a world that's optimizing for people that don't look like you Mm. people that have more money than you Mm. people that have better qualifications than you so that feeling's never going to go away so instead what i would suggest you do is you just start something no one knows what it's like to be a parent until there's a screaming crying baby in their roof and there's nowhere else to put it Mm. because you're a parent now and that's your life and i just think in many ways being a founder is the same like you can you can be in someone else's company i you can babysit someone else's child Mm. but until it is your baby Mm. and you got to keep it alive Mm. you just don't know so the best way to prepare for that is just to do it yeah maybe you're right maybe you're right i think personally from my experience i don't think i would have been ready to start a company without my time in my previous startup as, a, as an employee you I might think, not have had as successful a company mm. or as focused a company but you definitely could have done a company 100 percent. i don't think so. i think purely, you had done one at uni anyway it failed and it failed like well. I, it failed i think i think even and also when i first did my first company it wasn't a company where i was a developer i was kind of just like doing some e-commerce off the shelf platform yeah and this was i needed to be an understudy of somebody that was building and coding and like doing full stack front end back end and stuff like that and that was in my specific instance, that wasn't helpful. I mean, every situation is different. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I think the sweet spot where it's really bad is where you're like, I love startups and I want to get rich in a startup, but I don't want to start my own company. I want to work as an employee. That is kind of dangerous. That is, that's where you can get screwed. I think startups can be exciting. They can be exhilarating and you can learn a lot, but just be mindful of the fact that probably bang for your buck, you probably are better off going in for something more established. For sure. actually so um uh just wanted to say rest in peace to nipsey hustle he was someone that was an inspiration to me and somebody that i looked up to a lot not just as a musician as an artist but as a businessman an owner somebody that was big in you know um in terms of tech the he had like the first kind of smart store where you can scan the qr code on on a t-shirt and you'd get exclusive content 
Um, and yeah, I'm just really sad and disappointed that he's passed away in such in such a manner. And um, one really cool story that I'll repeat that's like I always took a lot of solace and like inspiration from is that a lot of us might read a self-help book and just kind of keep it moving and not necessarily implement anything but he read a book called contagious which i also read and he um read about the philly cheesesteak that was a hundred dollars and it went viral and oprah went to kind of check it out and um so smart yeah so smart he said he decided to let me implement my own one and he said let me charge a hundred dollars for my, ne- my next mixtape yeah and um it went viral and Jay-Z bought a bunch of copies and he was all over the press and it kind of was the launching pad for the second chapter of his career up to the point now where he won a Grammy and he really was in the prime of his, you know, his life. Like he had never been bigger. His businesses were taking off. He owned the retail space that he had his store in and it just doesn't make any sense. And I just want to pass my condolences on to his family and his loved ones. Um, and I want to kind of carry on his spirit in the sense of just focusing on ownership and increasing you know, the level of entrepreneurship within our community and um, focusing on tech and encouraging people to get into coding and all the stuff that you talked about. So, yeah, rest in peace, Nipsey. R.I.P. Finish the sentence for me. I have a dream. For our people to step into their greatness collectively, you know? So, do you go to cinema this weekend? I did. Did you see uh, Jordan Peele? S- no, I went and saw a cartoon. Nah, <laughs> I saw Jordan Peele's. I know you like your Marvel stuff, so. Yeah, come on, show some respect on Marvel, man. Come on, the MCU, sorry, man. Sorry. You're not a nerd like me. I'm Anyways. Not. Yeah, so what did you think? You saw it? Us. Wow. Where do I start? First of all, like, praise the comedy moments. Because, like, there were some, like, hilarious there was, yeah. scenes in there, as I would have expected from Get Out. The acting was amazing. The movement, I thought, you know, was like crazy of like the tethered folk oh, or whatever. Oh, quickly, by the way, spoiler talk. Oh, if yes. You <laughs> seen the film yet, if you ain't seen the film, uh, come back. Yeah, yeah fast forward. Fast forward, um, a lot. But uh, for me, I just like did not meet the mark that Get Out did. How about you? Mm. I mean, go and expand more. What do you mean? Like, why Okay, so what I really liked about Get Out was, like, the twist. You didn't really know what was happening. Mm. And at the same time, it was also, like, you know, to me, a pretty obvious comment on, like, U.S. society. Correct. So, yeah, exactly. So, like, the race dynamics. You know, you have these, like, wealthy, privileged white people. All the black people in the scene are servants or subservient in some way. Now, in us, they try to do the social commentary again. But for me, it just, like... Fell flat. It, 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 maybe it was just like too lofty. It didn't mm. connect. I felt like the exposition was just like too much and like mm. not necessarily effective. Like this long winding narrative of how, you know, there's real people on earth and like this government experiment gone wrong to create clones that they could use to control the people above ground with the people below ground. Mm. I mean, I read some of the articles after I'd seen the film to like try to understand it better um and uh, yeah help me out i don't know maybe i I just missed it maybe i just missed it i'll say the positive things first like i love the fact that you know it was normal to cast a black family in that role as in there was nothing about those characters on paper that necessarily made them black but because of who jordan Peele is he was like we're gonna cast a black family i love uh lupita's portrayal i loved uh uh, the guy from who played in Baku in Black Panther, Winston Duke, I think his name is, that corny kind of dad role. And like the bit where he kind of tries to code switch when he was like, Yeah, yeah he's like, Yo, if you want to go crazy, I can go, go crazy. And it was like, He was just that corny dad. And like, you don't really see that black corny dad. That's true. Do you see what I'm saying? Portrayed in that way. Like, um, and I think the subtext of the film, which is 
while Get Out was more obviously about race, this was kind of classism in a sense of like yes. there are people and not necessarily class it can even be like the immigration debate where there are people who are beneath us that we don't necessarily ignore we don't necessarily acknowledge and see but they're there and they live similar lives to us and then the twist with Lapita being one of those people is almost like you know sometimes you have the immigrant that makes it to the rich country quote unquote yes. and they're like they don't want to ever go back and mm. they don't even necessarily want to acknowledge like the people back home yeah like you have like trump voting migrants and you have like brexit voting migrants people like i knew people who are the descendants of immigrants that were like i'm voting brexit yeah because i'm trying to maintain my thing and she was kind of like that she was like i've escaped from that hellhole and i don't ever want to go back and i don't ever want to see them kind yeah. of thing. so there were many layers it wasn't as good as get out but it hit different points for me that i enjoyed mm. and the performing the performance of lapita like in her role was fantastic um and it had you know what I love actually when I first saw it and I saw the white family I was like they're gonna get killed straight away because <laughs> I knew because in the role reversal exactly because if you watch a normal horror film and you see the black family as the side characters you're like they're getting whacked 100% yes. they're getting whacked like when I saw them I was like they're gonna die and I was actually happy to be proven right kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect I don't mean it personally but I just mean vindicated like, as in like as a narrative I was like, I, I was happy to see the flip yeah. of that kind of thing um I, I do want to watch it again now that I, I know the twist and I want to see yeah and I want to see because I've heard there's, there's better mad the symbol, second and there's time. mad symbolism symbolism throughout the film like there's this whole 11-11 you constantly see throughout the film because that's like meant to be you know 1-1 one, one is kind of the mirror image it's a, do you see what I'm saying oh. right exactly yeah so there's, there's this whole like bunch of stuff like that's interesting that I want to rewatch. Um, but I just I want to commend Jordan Peele actually quick question so he was asked you know, would you ever hire a white lead? He was like, to be honest, I've seen that movie. Bro. Yeah, I saw that I, clip. Yeah, I've I saw seen that. that. I've seen that movie, fam. I might look at to recreate that. And that got a bit of backlash. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think he was just being honest. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about this before in reference to Black Panther, in reference to Crazy Rich Asians. I grew up watching other people's faces on films. I other grew up stories, on, right? and hearing other people's stories and being made to feel like there weren't people that look like me that had those stories. So mm. like good on him for being honest. Like mm. also I thought we already agreed that as an oppressed group or an underrepresented group, you, mm. you can't be someone that then discriminates because ultimately society and the structures of power within it mm. are all set up against you. So mm. when people try to be like, Oh, why are you discriminating and not casting white people? It's like, yo, he's still a black man director in Hollywood. Mm. How many people on the academy are black how many people that are executive producers in the hollywood industry are black mm. you know like he, he, it's still a minority right mm. okay he's making one film with a majority black cast and people are kicking up a fuss go look at the 99.9 percent of films 100%. that are still white no, nobody's asking those directors <laughs> like when are you gonna have a black lead thank like, you nobody's asking flipping in you That's know what I'm saying. christopher nolan like why aren't you gonna do a black, when the black batman of, yeah where's the black batman oh, or where's the black inception dude, like? black batman that would be sick yeah for real um you audition <laughs> i'm too skinny man they don't want no east african Bruv, trust me i'm trying to anyway but anyway um yeah I, I almost feel like he was just too honest in a sense that like if you if i speak to a lot of like black people that are put in like senior positions they don't ever say it out loud but deep in their heart they're like i'm trying to hire as many people from diverse backgrounds as possible and they just keep that to themselves or they just keep that to their people like in, in like, when it's real talk time but to go out in public and be like i ain't really looking to hire a white male yeah. lead that's when you open yourself up for flack, rightly or wrongly. But then and, at but, the same I, time... I appreciate the honesty, because to be honest, exactly. I, I, I would have... Either way, I'm glad that he's doing that. Um, but most of the people that are doing that are just moving in silence. Like, Issa Rae ain't coming out saying, you know, I'm doing that. She's just, like, making her films and just like, yeah, this is who I'm casting, or this is but who you I'm know, writing. But, you know, you've like, got to stand for something. Yeah, real talk. Like, America's still a country where, like, you know, 
the in all of the institutions yeah. are set up to incarcerate or murder black I'm, men. I'm, I'm not talking about the difference of standing up for something. I'm talking about standing up for something and it, and, and being and, vocal about and being, it and, and explaining the blueprint basically no, to, but to the mainstream society. Like, I, I have I have so much respect for that because yeah. I think you know it's it is difficult it is difficult to stand up and be like and stick your neck out and be like yo I'm not playing ball this is or what I'm doing, yeah. you know this is this is who I am and it takes such courage to do that but we need we need people to do that to like give other people hope and give other people inspiration like fine so he got some flack for it but you know rather that than just you know keeping in line and then being like mediocre and honestly i've heard that i read that and i said i gotta see this film this weekend i gotta put my money where my mouth is and support this guy because i really believe in what he's doing yeah and it was a box office hit so shout out to jordan peele shout out to the whole cast and um yeah free tickets for the next show (laughs) Um, uh, essentially it was about Arlen Hamilton her about damn time fund which we announced on um, Black and Brown Founders and Philly shout out to BB Founders and and the team there Um, so essentially the fund fell through in a sense that the investors kind of maybe froze up or are kind of hesitating to put in um, the total 36 million dollars that was meant to go towards specifically black women founders Um, and I got no qualms with people doing factual reporting but the axios uh article to me it just had a tinge of just like hella smarmy hella yeah. cheeky like super not, negative super negative like stereotypical media builds you up to kind of knock you back down so i'll read the quote like um essentially uh but it's also true that tech media has been so thirsty for such stories that it may have put the cart before the horse attributing success to our work very much still in progress now to me Put some respect on Alan Hamilton's name. Don't yeah. talk about that. I'll read some of the stuff that she's actually done, yeah. hundred companies invested in. Fifty million raised by portfolio her portfolio companies in twenty eighteen. A four city accelerator, mm. seven million raised via equity and revenue, and currently raising thirty six million for black women. Come on, fam. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's not yeah. all, and it's not all financial, it's impact. Of course. She does it for the culture. She think about it. Before Arlen Hamilton came around, how many people were talking about underestimated founders? How many people were highlighting the n- tiny percentage of venture capital mm. funding that goes to women and uh-huh. women of colour every year? Yeah, and I, I was doing pocket before she kind of got into the scene and like I said, it's it was, there's before Arlen and then there's after Arlen. Mm. And that has to be appreciated. Do you see what I'm saying? She shifted a narrative. She has inspired so many countless founders. And, and I've seen so many now, like, quote-unquote, diversity funds mm-hmm. kind of replicating her model. We all know those people that are doing that. And shout out to them. And she was the catalyst. That's true. So don't don't cover her like you would any generic VC who happens to have, you know, it might have been a tiny L or a misstep. Yeah. Because it's, with her, it's not just financial. The oh, no. Is, it's huge. Yeah, and I saw so many tweets saying the same thing. Like, yo, like, she inspired me to start this. She inspired me to start X. And all I'm yeah. saying is put some respect on her name. That's the thing, right? Because it's like, look, we're not saying people become immune to criticism 100%. when they're, you know, pushing the culture forward. That's not mm. what we're saying at all. But ultimately, if you're a respectable journalist, you should be doing critical analysis. You should be having, you know, all the evidence out there. And it just felt like a very one-sided story that mm. it, uh, it ignored the cultural impact and all the positives that she has made, right? Mm. And also so what like people announce that they're raising funds all the time and then don't hit the goal or don't hit the target you know Mm. that's life that's the vc game and to you know basically like gloss over uh all the all the amazing things that have happened since then even like you said just the inspiration it provided and Mm. the talking points that it provided is doing a disservice to like the whole tech industry and especially to her yeah and also like 
speaking on the inspiration point like sometimes you need somebody to show you what is possible so like yes. when she did her stuff we were like mm, could we raise a fund even though we never went through with it maybe we didn't have that kind of vision beforehand we didn't think that that necessarily was possible for people like us yes or that it was possible to do a fund that was centered around something that wasn't just roi that you yes. can do something that has societal impact and i know impacts and funds have always existed don't get twisted mm. but you know the topic of race and the topic of underrepresented people and yes. the topic of like different you know um anyways but like yeah shout out to Arlen Hampton and like come on axios.com come on like do better man put some respect on her name also while we're talking about backstage a shout out the accelerators that have launched yep uh, across all the cities London I'm going I'm going to the launch on Wednesday I'm super excited oh yeah I feel like a little like you know I've, been, I've got the backstage passes to the Oscars like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like you're gonna up? put your tux on I'm gonna put my tux on and be like what's up people um, yeah. <laughs> shout out Christy Pitts for her uh, promotion yeah, she's been she's transitioned to CEO and Arlen is now essentially like chairman type exactly. president type like big picture type thinking, right? And, exactly. And yeah. So a lot of exciting moves there. And yeah, congrats to all the companies in the accelerator. Yeah. This episode of Techish, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Use the hashtag Techish. Um, leave a review on iTunes I know we say the same thing every week but it really does help and I know you're listening right now thinking I don't need to leave a review that's not me somebody else can do that no, <laughs> we no need you. you you right we now your in, in your ear right now pick up your phone and just whatever app you're using oh my god the review. next person that writes a review I'm going to create a song slash rap slash artistic <laughs> composition based on the words of your review on the next episode of Techish. You know what? Not the next person. Whoever leaves the best review that we oh, see, I'm going to shout you out and we're going to yes. be like, yo, this person, you're the best. Same for people using hashtag Techish. Yo, bring it up. Bring it up. Roll it up. Roll it up. Okay, Who's so, out there? Okay, let me find the best tweet. I'll do it quickly. Shout out community. Shout out to the community. Shout out Techish listeners. I love the community. So my favorite tweet of the week and then Abba, you can do your, your one. I spent the last month binge listening is that a thing to say to techish and now yeah. caught up to the current episode it's dope it's like tech crunch meets the wall street journal meets essence Check oh it out. that's a that's high praise indeed what's your favorite tweet well the the tweet that i liked comes from nathaniel okenwa mm -hmm. and he said i've just discovered my new favorite podcast thanks nathaniel mm -hmm. super refreshing to listen to conversation that i can vibe with on so many levels thanks abadesi and michael guess Woo. what you're welcome keep them coming you know, actually, I don't think I said the name of the person on my tweet. Who was the person's name? Useless. Useless. Useless child. Ernesto at eHawkin5. Cool. All right, cool. That brings this episode to a close. Catch you next week. Me when Michael didn't know what Full House was on the last episode. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know. Like, what do you want me to do? Anyways, ciao.